Ah, uh, you know what time it is. Another episode of Cross the Line 1524. We've got a special guest on here today, Mr. Gage Pace. He is a CEO of Top Sale Hemp. You heard that right. Hemp. It's me, Dave. Open up, man. I got the stuff. Who is it? You know what? <laughs> For all of us guys, besides Gage, we kind of grew up with that. Yeah, absolutely. And that was our uh, kind of the way we looked at uh, pot and hemp, and we thought it was all the same thing, and <laughs> things have changed a little bit. But it's kind of funny. We, we we have Gage Pace here from Top Sale Hemp, and uh, he just told us he just got uh, got to watch that movie, Up in Smoke. So that's, that's pretty pretty cool pretty cool what is that 76 77 something like that it's late 70s classic classic so gage is the ceo of top sale hemp he's our actual first guest here on uh cross the line so he is uh he's our guinea pig so hopefully we don't run him off he just had a great meal with us we just had a shrimp boil which was awesome it was uh we were going to do that in gatlinburg and uh didn't we brought it back here and and uh, we have full bellies now so i'm here with dwayne bischoff jeff montag ruben hunt and gage face all right gage speak up into the microphone there you go don't don't be afraid well we are but that's all right good so like i said he is the ceo of top sale hemp uh you know we personally know him uh jeff and i do from church and so i thought it would be a great uh great topic here for us so the first question i've got for you is what got you interested in hemp yeah so basically what happened was back in i think it was 2017 while i was in college um i started to develop you know just from the everyday college life living with um, basically 12 people we had six people in my house six of my best friends six people right across the way um connected at a um with a porch so it was just constant. You can probably picture it at IU in Bloomington. <laughs> it was just constantly stuff going on. Um, and so that brings a little bit of anxiety with it. Um, and even if I went up into my own room, I still, you know, you can hear the people downstairs. I'm a social person. So if there's anything going on, I want to be down there, which can cause some anxiety and stuff sometimes. So I, um, I wasn't into smoking marijuana or anything like that at the time at all. Um, and... My friend, who is from California, suggested that I try CBD oil. And I was like, dude, what's that? Um, and he was like, well, it's basically comes from the cannabis plant, from the hemp plant. Um, and it is used for anxiety. It's used for helping people relax, basically. And I was like, okay, that kind of sounds like something that I could use, you know. I'll try it. So I went down to the smoke shop down in Bloomington and tried it. And I was like, I spent 60 bucks for it. Um, it was a small dosage. And I was like, wow, I really hope this works. And luckily for me, when I used it, it really, really worked. It helped me out, helped me cope with, you know, if I had big exams coming up and I was worried about it or anything like that. It just helped chill me out, um, make me feel more comfortable and 
not as anxiety. Um, and so after that happened, I realized, you know, this was something that just got legalized. Um, actually, in 2014, Obama allowed it to be researched during a uh, pilot program um, for research purposes only. And so it was just on the market, and I was, like, looking into it and finding out more things that CBD can do. It can help people with their arthritis. It can help people with their pain. Um, and I was like, wow, this is something that I've never even known before, and it looks like an open opportunity, an open market. Um, I was doing business in college as well, so it looked like something that I would be interested in. And then we have a family farm. Ask Grandpa, you know, about it. Talk to him about it. And he said, you know what, if, if that's something you'd want to do, I'd be open to do it. And so I was like, all right, and just kind of went from there. I just started, I joined the Midwest Hemp Council, which is an awesome resource um, up in Indianapolis um, that just gets out great information about hemp. And I just started learning as much as I possibly could. And that's where it cool. got me into it, yeah. Cool. So how did you come up with the name Top Sale Hemp? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Top Sale is an actual island in North Carolina, Top Sale Island. Right, I don't know there. if you guys okay. are familiar with that. Been there. Um, but all growing up as a kid, um, from the time that I can remember, my family would always take a trip to Top Sale Island for the summer vacation. We'd drive there, um, and it was always just a great experience. I remember it as a kid growing up. Um, it was always just an awesome time with my family, very relaxing. And so, you know, CBD is a relaxing compound, and the most relaxing place that I could picture when I closed my eyes and thought, wow, where do I want to go when I'm really relaxing? was Top Sail Island. Um, and yeah. so I love the kinda, connection. Right, yeah. So that's, yeah. that's just kind of where it came from. I was like, let's go with this. This sounds awesome. And that's, that's kind of where it was. Yeah, that's cool, where it from. cool. So what distinguishes hemp from pot? From pot, yeah. Well, you, you know, we'll use the slang here. That's that's the golden question that I get all the time, especially from people here in Indiana, um, and where I go and sell stuff at. And the thing is, is so hemp, its scientific name is actually cannabis sativa L. So technically, hemp comes from the cannabis plant. Um, it is a part of the cannabis family. Um, same with marijuana. So what makes hemp? See, people think that it, there might be like a, a line down the middle where there is but not not necessarily it's basically the same plant um, marijuana and hemp is but genetically is where the difference sits so with with its compounds so with hemp hemp is classified as hemp if it has 0.3% total THC or less in it anything higher it's automatically marijuana so that's where the line sits is if it's hemp it's 0.3% THC if it's marijuana it's higher than that um, the way that it affects you, the difference between the way it affects you is, if you were to smoke marijuana, it's notorious for that high. You know, that high. Dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> got the stuff. You know, that thing you play, Cheech and Chong. So it's famous for that high, um, which can be very anxiety-inducing, um, but that's what marijuana is kind of famous for. With, with CBD and with hemp, you don't get that head high. Um, if you were to consume it, usually if you get just CBD, 100% isolated CBD, you don't feel any type of um, psychoactive effect at all. It's usually completely isolated out, THC is. Um, but yeah, it's more of like a body feeling. It's more of just a feeling of well-being, um, whereas with marijuana, it is also legal. Um, and it gets you high. So. so how do you control how much THC is in absolutely the yeah. CBD. yeah i've heard if you let it grow too long it changes is that yeah kinda... yeah so the science is still coming out so like i said in 2014 that's really when it obama allowed the research for it to start in 2018 president trump released uh signed the farm bill of 2018 in december which took 
Hemp and CBD finally took it off the Controlled Substance Act that was enacted in 1970. Um, where was I going with this? Uh, the difference. How do you tell? Or when it's... How do you tell? How you, it? Yeah. But yeah, so in 2018, he kind of allowed everyone to grow it. So there was, the science is still coming out. Some people say that if you allow hemp to grow for too long, that the THC and a bunch of different things will cause the THC to spike. So I've heard from some people that, you know, if it's too hot outside, the THC will spike. Or if you feed it too many nutrients, the THC will spike. But the science that I have, that I believe and that I have looked into recently um, is genetics. It comes down to genetics. So a lot of these people who were, I think were selling seeds were just kind of using that as like, <laughs> they were using that as a pitfall, like, oh, if you feed it, it's, it's on you if the THC gets up. But really, it's on the people who are selling the seeds. It's they on were, their back. They were selling gotcha. pot plants. Right, just right, right. They're, make sure you harvest, yeah, this, yeah. harvest this soon enough. Harve right. Harvest this one week in the flower. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> But so what it's come down to recently, what's been discovered is it's the genetics you get it from. And in order to get good genetics, you have to go with someone who's been doing this for years, since at least 2014, if not before, um, in states that it was legal, like Colorado, where marijuana was already legal. Um, you want to go with someone who has taken that plant through so many generations, kind of like corn or any other cash crop. You need to go through generations to get it genetically sound um, so that they're all kind of on the same genetic stand that you don't have any like you know outliers or anything like that right, right. so so really yeah it, it comes down to genetics when it comes to keeping that THC at a lower end you got to pick the right guys cool sure. so if for you since you know hemp can you test positive on a drug test so yeah it goes back to it depends on what kind of thing you're taking so here let me Grab this. I brought some stuff here, some products. You hear that? He, he brought, brought some, some stuff. stuff. And for, oh, for, our, for our listener, Jim, yes, we have samples. Yes. I brought some <laughs> stuff. It's some of this product. Yeah, I know. Product. Yeah, Jim, Jim, one of our listeners, I know you were just asking for a friend, but yeah, we do have free samples. And Tina. Yeah. Don't forget Tina. Oh, Tina too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I have here one of our products, Top Cell Hemp. It's our isolated CBD oil. And then here is a hemp pre-roll. Both of them are legal, both of them under 0.3% THC, um, but with the hemp pre-roll, I'll just pass this around. Yeah, so so it, it looks like, people know, it looks like a big cigarette or a little it's like a fatty. cigar. Yeah. Yeah. A little yeah. Not that I know what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. It looks like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> movies, movies. Um, but anyway, you can yeah. smell it. It yeah. smells yeah. like... Does it smells, smell like a fatty, yeah. Jeff? It smells like Jeff's a fatty. Jeff's eyes what you roll back told, into right. his head. Yeah. That's what you've been told. Right. So, yeah. uh, you know, I have a I have a billion questions. Yeah. And, and we'll get to the question yeah. part, but yeah, that's, this is very intriguing to me, but we you first started by... You're talking about generations of basically depletion of THC. Correct. Learning how to deplete it, right? Correct. And, and so, you know, I live in Kentucky uh, during the week, and we have huge weed plants mm. right around my plant. And uh, they let them all rot in the fields last fall. Mm. And uh, they didn't get much more, much higher than about three foot. But is that a possibility of a possibility of a test batch of seeing where they could take that? Uh, because they just they let it die and then they just plowed it under. So there was so many problems with last year's crop. Um, okay. You know, a lot of people, a lot of farmers kind of got into this um, with, you know, dreams and aspirations. They were being fed by some of these bad people in the industry. All this, you know, you're going to make millions per acre, blah, blah, blah. You're going to, this is going to be your way to, to you know. Retire fortune. next year. Yeah, yeah, fortune. 
Um, and so they took all the, all these farmers, you know, giving promising them, you know, all their stuff is good, and that they can trust them. Um, and what what came to be is these farmers kind of got tricked into buying stuff that a lot of it was hot. Which when you call the plant hot, it means that it tested over 0.3 percent THC. Right. So a lot of it was hot um, and didn't test correct. And then a lot of these other companies who promised that they were going to buy this said, no, never mind, we're not going to buy this. And so a lot of people really they just left their stuff out in the field. Okay. Um, Makes sense now. Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. And just right. and it, it it's tough on a lot of the um, general. Everyday agricultural um, machinery—it's we don't we aren't used to farming this anymore. So, like, if you were to take like a, a normal piece of farm machinery and try to use it on hemp the way you would use it on wheat or like hay or anything, it's not—it's going to tear up your machine. So, I'm guessing the farmers probably were just like, "Screw it! If, if we're not going to harvest it, then we're." Just That's why it looked like they did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Trust the pot uh, guys sell you some seed. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get the right guys. So, tell us about your operation. Yeah, so my the way that I did it was in order to grow hemp here in Indiana, you have to have a research license through Purdue University. Um, so the first thing I had to do was come up with an idea, um, come up with my what genetics I was going to use. I, you have to submit everything. It's very um, they take they look at you hard, you know. Good. They're watching okay. you, um, which is good. Yeah, which is good. Um, well, so you have to you be know, transparent. You we know? know you, and we look at you hard, too. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, but, yeah, you have to be transparent. Um, and so you have to go in with this research um, proposal, basically saying what strains you decide that you're going to use, what genetics you're going to use. Um, so I did all of that, and what my decision was is that I wanted to use a greenhouse so that I could better control my environment. Um, because I do have a lot of farmers around me. I didn't want to just go straight into the field. I've seen a lot of people try that and it not go right. So I wanted to do a small batch of plants um, inside of a greenhouse, and that's exactly what I did. I bought around 300 seeds. I have six different strains, um, and they're all intended for smokable hemp, which is what I showed you guys here. Um, And I can circle back to that question of the difference between if it... You know, if you'll test if you you take this, um, if you'll test for THC, but... So I got six different strains that I'm growing right now. Um, I started in late May, and um, I'm looking at a harvest time around like October. So yeah, and all the plants, right? So like I said, I had 300. This is my first year. Um, some of them did die, and then some of them you cull out because you don't want bad genetics in there. You don't want bad plants taking with the good plants, the sunlight, the space the good plants could have. So now I'm down more to like the 160 range. Um, and every day, you know, farming this stuff is just kind of like anything else. You want to baby it. Um, you want to take care of it. You want to water it. Make sure it's getting sunlight. Make sure it's not getting too hot. I had to buy an industrial fan, uh, one of the big, huge ones that if you put at the end of a helicopter or the end of an airplane, it'd take off. And that cooled it down big time. That took it down 10 degrees, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, you just got to spend time out there and really take care of the plant. Um, for top sale hemp, we really want to make sure that we're getting out the best stuff for people. And so that's kind of like. What I'm going for is making sure that I'm taking care of these. So, can I touch on that real quick? You, you're telling us you have what 600 some plants, or do you process all of your own material into the final product yourselves? Yeah. So my final product um, is for my plants uh, is not CBD oil. It is for the smokable hemp only. Okay. So what I what I do is I don't need a processor or anything like that. You have to dry and cure it. There's a drying and curing phase. Yes. Um, which is very very intensive um and then packaging and uh sending it out to the buyers so yeah i do that all myself okay so you you grow 
you harvest, you process, and you sell to your distributors. Yes, sir. Okay, so you have people out there that take your product in for a distributorship. Do you have your own distributorship? Can you sell that also yourself? Yeah, I sell it online. Because some places you can't do that, right? Some right. distributors you have to be through need, distributor only. Yeah, you, you, ha- you have to sell it to another state that can. Or, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I can sell it myself too. Sell it online. Um, I go to different marketplaces. I go to okay. Trader's World and stuff. I like okay. talking to people, sure. so that's where I kind of get that in. Um, and then I have different social media um, avenues as well. So okay. yeah, good. So you, just, you just have one greenhouse now. One greenhouse only. Yeah, it's a twenty-four by ninety-six, and it was fun putting that up. I put that up myself, never having any uh, experience doing that before. And me and my buddies just came out. I paid them with beer, and we got it done. <laughs> there you go. We got it done. And he's got it figured out, guys. He does. We got it done in ten days. We were out there, rain or shine. Um, it, honestly, like looking back, it was hard, but it was such a fun time. Like me and my friends, we all had a great time. They all just came over. We basically had like a camp played horseshoes every night after we were done it was awesome but i want to mention to the to the audiences here you're, you're 23 yeah yep, so you're tw- there's this gentleman's 23 years old he's the de- he's gone into the development the growth the harvest and the marketing of a product and he's became ceo of his own company he developed and he's now localized and where do you see this going i mean are you energetic now that you've seen results enough to keep pushing this absolutely yeah um I don't want to get too deep into going on to re- recreational marijuana or legalizing no, it or anything no, no, like no, that. No, 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 no. But that's kind of where I see the country going as a whole. Okay. Um, but for me and myself, I just see this. That my main goal is to get these CBD products out to the people here in the Midwest. Provide, okay. Provide the highest quality product I can um, and help out the people in my local area. You know? Okay. And then as it grows, if it grows, good. Um, and yeah. Okay, so after, and how many years you've been involved in this? So, uh, on August, uh, I believe, 19th or maybe the 20th will be our first, our whole one-year anniversary. One-year anniversary, yeah. great. So. Okay. So, awesome. I want to I kind of get into that, this entrepreneurial spirit that this young man has. Absolutely. So, yes. Gage, you're, you're, you said you went to IU. Yep. So, what was your major there? My major was financial management, public okay. financial management, Good. and my Good. minor was, that was through SPIA, and my minor was through the Kelly School Business, and it was just business. Great. And then and then just a little bit on your background for this agricultural, really, business, mm-hmm. the startup. Yeah, so my grand, my great-grandpa, um, he farmed, he had a farm, he owned a farm, he had a farm mm-hmm. his whole life right down the road from me. Um, and that's what he did. My great-grandpa, or my grandpa um, was raised under him and grew up on the farm. He was a farmer as well, and we have the farm still. Um, and so my it skipped a couple generations, but I wanted to get back into that. I knew we had that farmland. I knew that I saw the opportunity for CBD, and it was just something that really interests me. Um, my dad always put a garden up every year, and it was always just something that I saw him just get so passionately into for his plants. Um, and it was just something that I wanted to do myself. I get really into, get really nerdy about like the strains and everything of, of cannabis. Um, so that's just something that's always kind of interested me as well. And so it was something that interests me. It was something I saw as an opportunity. It was also something that my family has done. So that's just kind of where it, it went with that. It's awesome. Yeah. And I, I went to a couple of different um, festivals too that kind of opened my eyes to what this product and what this plant can do. Um, I went to something called HempCon in San Francisco last year around this time actually. 
Um, it's and like Comic Con, only with him. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And uh, it was. They were outfits. <laughs> no <laughs> outfits, yeah. Yeah, and it was my first time in California. My dad grew up out there. Yeah. Um, and it was just an awesome experience to go out there and see the community that it kind of that built around it, um, and meet those people out there that we were kind of already pioneered in that sector in that industry. And so seeing that, and just seeing kind of where it could go here in Indiana. How many people, I said, so many people got it for their arthritis. So many older people um, and younger people were just, you know, loving it, praising it. And I was just like, wow. And nobody in Indiana really knew about it. At so, the time. So, okay. right, so right now your focus is on the smokable. Are you marketing the oils? Yeah, yeah. So I do have CBD oil um, and it is my number one product um, still to this day. Um, I didn't grow enough CBD to make my own oil. So what I do to get my oil is I work with farmers in Colorado who they've been pioneering this for years that know how to isolate the CBD only. And then I work through a processor out there who knows what they're doing I didn't want to get there's some people out there who who do this all themselves they process it themselves I didn't want to have to I didn't want to do all that because I knew that there were professionals out there already that knew more than I did and I could do a better job than me until I could possibly learn over time yeah right. I, would, um, focus. I would imagine a much bigger capital investment in a process like right. that. exactly and the you don't milling, have the milling of all alone for mill oil is amazing right. yeah. well and now when you talk about there's so hemp isn't just smokable in the oils i mean there's hemp we were talking earlier for clothing rope i mean or do you yes. see yourself yeah. since you have the farm do you see yourself maybe down the road looking into that once the industry definitely. grows definitely that's um, that's another side of the in- industry that i'm very excited about um very interested in is the hemp and hemp fiber hemp growing for fiber which is completely different than what i'm doing right um s- some people here in well never mind but uh anyway there there's been fields hey, around town you know we're free here say whatever you <laughs> right, want well, well, we just no last to, names yeah no last, no names. last names there was a person here who grew some and uh for that reason yeah and i knew who they are the yeah. Si- yeah the science going forward with it is the way that the, the founding fathers intended it back in the day they had a plan they knew back then that hemp was so useful back then that well, yeah. they even they urged every farmer to grow it on their farm um george washington and thomas jefferson themselves they grew it on their sure. farm um but they also made moonshine oh didn't they yeah. okay <laughs> they were, <laughs> one of the largest moonshine distributors was george washington yes. wow. not that i know anything about that but that's what you've heard. heard rumors and stuff on a sore of many well, things. I don't, I don't think it was referred to as moonshine back then. He was just making... Liquor. He Liquor. was just distilling. So, distilling so Gage, I have another question for you. And I'm, my brain pops a thousand mile an hour on this stuff. So one of the biggest issues, and I think you guys will probably agree with it, is, and you probably do too, is the, the, the society is ignorant of, to all the, the, uh, the applications of this, the skill the skill levels involved with it the risk levels involved with it for instance i have uh, issues with shoulder right joints and stuff and i've mm-hmm. been everybody's talking to me and you gotta try cd cbd oil mm-hmm. and i i cannot because work related if i if the thc level has to be high i would pop a urine test mm-hmm. under that purpose so do you think you're ever going to get to a point where you'll be able to offer a guaranteed, per, or not necessarily you, but somebody, to a guaranteed no THC content CB, CBD oil for people who do, because probably 60-70% of employment across the United States requires drug passing tests mm-hmm. and pop tests. So that's one of the issues why I don't, because I've heard great things about this. Alan, I see you shaking your head. So I've been using CBD for um, several years yes. and passed several drug tests. No okay. problem. Uh, in fact, 
uh, I went to Colorado and got CBD out there, had a drug test within two weeks. Okay. And had no problem and that's and and it's funny because you know i'm glad you can say that because uh my boss was a vp of the company and uh her and i were talking and she said the same thing she wants to try it too but we don't know enough about it whether or not it's it's Mm -hmm. feasible or safety enough for us to pass those tests so you're educating educating the masses is so important to this especially local right you go local, your people are pretty settled in their thought process and pretty conservative in the area. So they're going to be the harder ones to convince, like even myself. Yeah. So uh, your marketing plan is what interests me, is where yeah. do you where are you going to break the surface on your marketing plan, right? Because you said you want to bring it to the Midwest, mm-hmm. yeah, which is a very conservative area of, of the United States, right? So, um, so, so I, I think, you know, part of the problem is that, you know the opening thing I played, Cheech and Chong. That's what most people exactly, think of when exactly. they think of cannabis at all. Right? They they think right. of you know we're going out to smoke a joint. That's you know, absolutely. You're right. Get a little You're high, right. and that's not. I mean, that's out there, but that, that that's not what this. It is. isn't. It isn't. And I and I I fully feel that way. And I want to move to the CBD to try to help me out because I'm not a medication person at all. But that risk factor or the unknown that I don't know keeps me from doing it, right? right, right. So it's a risk factor. So I encourage you to develop an educational program for your product so people like me can be firm and understanding of what you're offering. Okay. Okay? So that's just like a challenge for you, okay? Yeah, yeah. And as your business, I mean, you're saying your number one sales right now is your CBD oil, right? Mm-hmm. And if that's your number one sales, then what can you do to stabilize the knowledge for people to know they're comfortable with your product? Well, right. I, I think to add to that, so a question I have related, I think somewhat related to that is, so how is this product regulated currently? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, I mean, I'll is, try there, to, is there a so process You know what that? we're going to do? I'll try and we're we're, we're going to let Gage think about that, and we're going to take a short break. Great. My glass is about empty. <laughs> Rubens is empty, and, and, and we didn't even we didn't even mention, we forgot to tell everybody that once again we're back from Gatlinburg. Yes, and we're recording with a live audience at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy, located right outside of Brookville, Indiana, at an undisclosed and, location. Yeah, and we had to we had to blindfold Gage yes. and bring him out yeah, here. No so idea, two he miles no through the back, four knocks, one tap. Yeah, sort of like snipers. There's no windows. So, so we're going to take <laughs> a short break, and we'll be right back with Gage Pace from Top Sale Hill. It's me, Dave. Open up now. I got the stuff. You got the stuff, Ruben? I, I got it, brother. <laughs> I think Jeff's got some of the stuff. <laughs> Thank you. That little yes. break there, the ice cream, shrimp, and chips. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody seems mellowed out now. I don't know. I don't know. You guys are way too intense for me. Oh, well, Dave may be here. I'm not sure. So well, welcome once again to Cross the Line 1524. We're here at the Rusted Nail Shh. Speakeasy. 
with Gage Pace from Top Sale Hemp. We're talking everything hemp. I'm um, here with, of course, Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, and, and our Gage guest, Pace. Gage Pace. Gage <laughs> Pace. So, you know, you heard a little bit about Gage, how he got to where he's at, and uh, we started asking some intense questions, and I thought it was time for another cocktail. And Mr. Montag's mellowed out here. He's he's feeling good. No, no. Mellowed out. That's what it's so, all about. That's Gage, right. Gage must have sneak, snuck something in there. Yeah. Something. I don't know. This don't drink know. does look different than everybody yeah. else's. The, so, red, the redneck Russian. Redneck Russian. Is that what you yeah. Redneck That's Russian. That's it. Right. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, dur- so during the break, everybody was talking to Gage, including our uh, live studio audience. So... Everybody's got questions. They want to know about stuff. So, Dwayne, I'll start with you. You got some questions for Gage? Well, I forgot what the question we asked when we left. We well, I, I had yeah, asked. Jeff had I had asked um, how how uh, CBD and hemp is regulated. So, yes. so I mean, is that a FDA thing or, or how does that work? So, actually, the FDA um, doesn't really acknowledge hemp at all. It's strange. Um, so, really, it's the USDA that that um, regulates hemp. Um, and what what they're doing right now is they have a um, interim rule, which doesn't go effect until October 31st of this year. Um, and basically, when that happens, um, everybody's crop has to be. So over the past, it's always been Delta 9 THC. If your crop is under 0.3% Delta 9 THC, um, then you're good. Um, which doesn't take into effect THCA, which is another compound in um, cannabis. But now the USDA is saying, no, it's got to be total THC, not Delta 9, which makes it a lot harder to do. And a lot of people, um, you know, that were that grew last year, their crop's going to go from being legal and compliant to illegal and basically overnight on Halloween, October 31st, turning them into the boogeyman, turning them into criminals. Um, on October 31st, which, which sucks. Um, Smoke it quick, guys. Right, yeah, so if you got to get rid of it. Um, get it while you can. But, yeah, it's the USDA right now, and, um, you know, the proponents for hemp, the people who support it, the people in the industry, everyone wants that, that 0.3% total THC to be raised a little bit. Um, 0.3% THC is not going to be something that's going to affect you anyway. It's so minuscule um, of amount of THC that you would have to just take in so much of something that has 0.3 to feel any type of psychoactive effect. So we're wanting it to go up to maybe 1%. Um, that would be a lot better on the farmers. Um, it would ease, on, ease it up on their backs because then they don't have to worry so hard about, oh, am I just going to have to destroy this crop I just spent all this time, effort, and money on? Um, and it... So you're saying a lot of crop happens because they they hit that threshold, so they they exceed they exceed the threshold because it's so small, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that that's, threshold. So it's a lot of risk, right? Yeah, exactly. The risk is very high. Um, like I said back earlier, it's genetics. You have to get good genetics. You have to get people that know what they're doing with the genetics. So is there a process? Sorry, is there, is there a process during the growth that you can go out and test your product? Right. Absolutely. Then? Yeah. So okay. you you can buy like a home tester. I'm pretty okay. sure they're really expensive, and I don't know how accurate they are. Um, but what most people recommend, what the Midwest Hemp Council um, has recommended and what everyone recommends is just to find a lab that you trust. So there's labs everywhere. Sure, sure. Um, there's some in Indiana as well. Find a lab and take that plant, take that crop, and test it early and often. 
So send in your crop every single week during its flowering phase to see, you know, how close is it to point three. The closer you get to point three, um, the closer you are to harvesting. You want to harvest before it ever hits that point three percent threshold. Um, and that's kind of an arbitrary number. Um, the point three, I think it's it comes from like a some research from like the 90s or something like that that some doctor just threw out there um, and they just decided to use that so <laughs> this will stick yeah yeah, yeah. exactly um, Fauci start with an arbitrary yeah. Yeah. start with an arbitrary number and run yeah. Yeah. run from it right yeah probably somebody that had no knowledge whatsoever picked that number and, right, yeah. right. Some probably, bureaucrat probably yeah. it's, it's congruent to a lot of the struggles and uh, frustrations that we've had as um, hemp proponents as a whole um, is just kind of everything's working against you and you have to kind of be perfect in order for you to be able to be successful in this and that's why it is so risky so so you mentioned and then you mentioned the midwest hemp council so that's kind of your center point for for your information and for kind of making sure you're inspect yeah yeah so they do a really really good job and they're based here in indiana so i got blessed because it's the midwest but it's here in indiana um, and so, yeah, I've been going to their meetings, going to all their things, getting in with them since the beginning and just making sure they, they, they're working with Purdue um, and Purdue does really good research. And so I'm just trying to stay right there. Research has to come first, um, in my opinion. And then you can, you know, go out and say the claims like, oh, this stuff helps for this. This stuff helps for this. So Purdue's doing a great job of getting the research done and um, putting out that info that we then can go out me myself and go out and tell people yeah i think that's uh, you know it's really important you, you mentioned purdue university here in indiana it's one of the premier agricultural colleges in the country mm-hmm. without a doubt <clears throat> and they're they're <clears throat> as duane as duane and i can tell you we're in the honeybees and so they're instrumental in helping with that and the genetics and all that kind of stuff so <clears throat> i find it interesting mm. that Purdue is 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 that involved in this and uh, not surprising but interesting. Yeah, yeah. And actually interestingly <clears throat> enough about that is Midwest Hemp Council just put out an article about how hemp is being used to help save bee populations. Really? Yeah. Um, I I didn't click and read on it but I saw the picture and it was just a cluster of bees. Um, on a hemp plant, the but bees, that's definitely well, something you guys. There you go. The bees are doing the pollination. They're not actually getting anything out of they're the not, nectar. Yeah, there's not. They're not pulling nectar off of there. But they're, they're pollinating. They're getting the pollen, so they're doing the pollination for right. the hemp plant. Right. Okay. If you need any bees, I know two guys here that can help you out. <laughs> yeah, we could we could square you away. Yeah, on on that on a lighter note on that subject, there was someone mentioning. Oh, yeah, he raises his. He was so, somehow <laughs> promising that his honey. Was hemp infused? Hemp infused, mm. and he was selling, it and everybody was like, "No, bees do not get nectar off of it; they just get the pollen." So you're not getting hemp infused. They try to hemp infuse everything. Honey, it's not. And this guy, well, this guy said his bees were doing it for him. His, he- so his hemp infused natural, bees, natural yeah. honey. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's hybrid sales yeah. pitch. Yeah, I was yeah, trying to good. sell his honey. Yeah. good. Because there's no regulation on right. that part that right. you can say what you want. So. Yeah, the FDA, like like I said, they they try. Well, the FDA does have guidelines where they say like don't make crazy claims. Right. But you know. But on a back note, you you're talking about the point three and the struggles, and sometimes welcome to the business world. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just yeah. that's in anybody. I've been in business twenty eight years this year, and yeah, welcome to the business world. That's the constant yeah. struggle and, of and, yeah. of regulation to try to 
they're, instead of trying to help you, it's almost like they're trying to create a hindrance for you. And, yeah. and I wonder about that point three we were discussing. That. I wonder if the person that would come up with the point three really didn't want this to succeed. Mm. So they pick a number that they know is going to be a struggle for you. They know it's going to be hard to meet. They know there's going to be people get discouraged and quit so that it'll keep it from growing to what it should be. Well, it certainly seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, to, to tag on to that, the FDA... Um, so Dwayne and Jeff are both into bees and do honey and I do maple syrup. Mm-hmm. So both of our industries were almost affected by legislation that wanted us, wanted us to add on our labels added sugars. They're all natural products. Right. No sugars are added, but they wanted to put down that sugars were added. So that's Even just, though they weren't. Even though they were not. So... It's amazing. Um, because the sugar is, well, yeah. is it the devil? Yeah. So, well, so so I was gonna I was gonna hold off on the get into this a little bit till later, but now that you brought it up, <clears throat> so is there is there a lobby starting to build for this uh, on the political spectrum? Because the big fight, and I think uh, Alan hits on it, is you have you have lobbies that um, basically want to fight against you know and you know I'm when it comes to the pharmaceuticals you know when it comes to honeybees there's a lot of things that other than honey there's there's apotherapy which is where people are treating ailments with bee stings with basically bee stings and so when you talk about these natural um Means of helping people in health that can be negative to the pharmacy industry. And the pharmacy industry is huge. Pay big bucks. They pay big bucks. They lobby very heavily. Very heavily. So, you know, what we, what kind of what Alan brought up is that's part of that fight is those kind of lobbies, not necessarily just the pharmacy lobby. Right. But, there's other lobbyists out there that tobacco CBD that, that, yeah. well there you go there you go yeah. there you go yeah. so so are is is uh, is this hemp industry starting to build that kind of lobby because to be honest with you you know the, uh, Dwayne and I belong to the Indiana Beekeepers Association and that's huge because they fight for guys like he and I mm-hmm. to, to fight against right. this labeling that was being requested. Honey, honey is a natural product and and they wanted to have us put on our label that sugar added. Yeah. And even though it's a natural product and that all had to do with something in the background. Yes, somebody was pushing that outside of the honey industry and outside of maple syrup industry. Right. Well, um, sugar's a traded commodity on the markets. I mean, it's yeah, but one of the uh, biggest traded commodities. Uh, anybody with common sense knows they don't add, well, let me step back. Real, real 100% honey and real 100% maple syrup, there's nothing added to it. Absolutely nothing. Right. There are other herbs and there are honeys that have things added to it. But what both of us do is 100% pure. Right. Mm. Uh, nothing added. And, I mean, they were they wanted – there was legislation that wanted to make both of our industries put that there were added sugars 
on our label. There's some Doctor Evil guy out there. Yeah, it's, yes. No, it's, well, it's some, big industry. It's, it's a lobby. It's, it's, yeah, it's lobby. big. It's, it's a big CEO industry. Of some big right. company out there pushing. So out. I, I think Jeff's saying, you know, have you, you know, first of all, uh, that's probably something that's coming mm-hmm. for you for your industry. And sounds like you feel some of that already. Yeah. yeah so right. it's. Um, and we were both fortunate. He's in a beekeeper association. I'm in the Indiana State Maple Syrup Association. He's part of the National Association, as this is, and they help fight all that. But mm. it's just amazing the stuff that's out there that's not uh, not true that, you know, lobbyists <laughs> – we could do hours yeah, and hours of podcasts podcast. <laughs> about that. Um I mean, a lot of us are business owners here, and if we're not owners, we're involved in management of businesses. And I'll be honest, the crap we go through because of lobbyists that are trying to get money for somebody else is yeah. it's, yes. it's just uh, it's, uh, unbelievable. They, yeah. So they push regulation that pushes yeah. uh, little the these little push the small guys out. right away. Right. Because quite honestly, beekeepers it's a small industry mm. in the real world. Yeah, in the real world. Maple syrup, it's a real small industry, except if you're a big conglomerate someplace right. Absolutely. who's buying bulk syrup, yeah. mixing it together, right. adding things Corn to it, syrup. you know, so that's where it all goes. So I know we got off track yeah. here a little bit, and we don't want to scare you. <laughs> but it does relate back to him because yeah. now he's fighting the regulations of issues. You're there now because the failure of so many of the farmers trying to achieve the 0.3%. They're needing to up their percent gauge so you have less failure. <laughs> the idea, the true idea, in my opinion, is to weed out the non-fighters. And they realize it's too much of a difficult, it's hard to do, and it's controlled basing. The same thing happened with tobacco years ago when tobacco, they went to bases. So in order for you to make tobacco, you had to you had to own a base yeah. from the government right. to purchase. And you could you, your base was 30,000, 40,000 pounds, and that's all you were allowed to grow. Period. And the reason why is because it controlled the amount of sale of each place is coming out of each area, and it didn't allow big companies or big people to go in and take over the bases. Now tobacco's bases are very small. They're very few. And now well, they're major. Well, I'm sorry. They're major, I should say now. Yeah. They're very big. They're not very small anymore, and the family tobacco farms are gone. You don't see them anymore. Yeah. Uh, Franklin County used to be loaded with tobacco farms. Sure. That's well, what concerns me with a situation like this. That same regulation could come in and take that and pull those little guys like yourself out of that. And you, you need to have a plan for that. You need mm. to be ready for that, you know. And that's, I'm thinking, not only that education, more building, your knowledge base, and, and your sales base, and everything that you got involved well, in. Well, I think, I think, too, you know, just again, you've got you've got the Midwest Hemp Council, and you've right. got ties right. with Purdue University, and yes. you just got to hold tight to those yeah, because they're, they're the ones that are going to help, uh, I mean, help get this through. Support them. Yeah, so you've got your foot in the door at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you were there, I mean, two years ago, you couldn't even get hemp in Indiana. Yeah. Right. No hemp products. So now you can go to CVS and you know, mm-hmm. can't buy tobacco products there, but you can buy hemp I, products I, there. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. It's new to me. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, so CVS about two years ago, ago quit selling quit cigarettes. Quit selling cigarettes. All toba- or tobacco all products. All tobacco, period. Yep. And um, last year, I think, they started uh, selling hemp. Yeah. Wow. So our, our goal was to get Top sale hemp in there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> so, 
that's another conversation for off the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I know some routes to that. Back, back on to what? Back on, back on topic. I, I remember what my question was, and I don't think we got to it. Was you've got the oil and the smokes here, but there is salves and other topicals. Topicals. So what can that? Can those be uh, like for Jerry? Could he use the topical to help with aches and pains and not have to worry about the THC getting into a system? Right. Yeah. So it's a lot less of a worry. Um, being in this industry, I never want to say that there's not a chance. Right. 100% guarantee no, that you were twice, saying earlier. Twice. Um, yep. Just because, you know, I don't want to give that guarantee unless I know for a fact. Um, but with a topical, it's not going through your bloodstream. It's not, well, it's not going through your body systemically. It's not going through your digestive system or anything like that. You're literally just rubbing it on your skin. So the chances of getting tested positive on a drug test while using a salve for pain is minimal. It's absorption. So the goal is so that that gets right to the muscle right. or whatever is hurting right? and just to try to, yeah, during, to isolate it. And, yeah. during, and during the break, I think Alan made some good points that he, he uses them. I used, I, I have for several years. And so there, you know, and I, I, uh, I did it in Steamboat Springs, Colorado the first time. And there was a big, di- I will say there was a big difference between that and what I have done now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a drug test. I had just started a brand new company. And they, so I drug tested several weeks after that, passed in flying colors, no problem. Um, but and you I, were using the salve. This was oil. Oh, okay. And I, my wife will tell you, Mary, she's over there. I was feeling no pain after that massage. But, but it was topically, it not was topical. you weren't taking yes, it yes. internally. So, what what I will also say is, you know, I get uh, topical. I, I I have body. I have massages twice a week for, you know, it's just it's standard practice, and then it's a, it, it's awesome. It takes care of aches and pains. I have back issues, uh, and it's done with CBD oil. Um, but there is a distinct difference between the feeling with the CBD oil here and in. Colorado, so I'm mm. guessing that that was a higher THC content out there <laughs> and a lesser here. But you yeah. still tested clean. I still tested clean. So back on the salve, real quick. I would, I mean, with a salve that has no THC, the isolated CBD salve, it would be like a challenge to test positive on THC. With that, you would literally like have to be some type of 24 hour dive in a hot tub full of it, like sit in it forever. <laughs> Like, and you still might not even test positive. Get in the hot tub and then jump in the CBD oil so it's soaking. So that seems like a beginning route for me. (laughs) Well, to try it. I mean, to see if there's an effect. As long as it's isolated CBD, though, um, which I'm about to just get into. So with the oil that you probably had in Colorado, it was probably a full-spectrum oil. So we were talking about earlier with THC, will it test, will it not? It just depends on what product you buy. So with... The, the oil that you used had um, most likely had THC in it. And in Colorado, it could have been over 0.3%. It could have been more like 5%, which you really feel it then. Um, Road trip. Now, the, <laughs> the fact that you tested uh, negative trip. for a drug test probably means it was a 0.3. Um, but with, so right here, I have my top cell hemp, my 500 milligram CBD oil. Um, it's natural flavored. It is isolated CBD. So isolated CBD means that when they make this oil, not only do they take, so they take the flower of the plant, um, 
they refine it down using different processes. Some places use alcohol extraction, others use pressurized. Um, it just depends on what lab you go to. But they take all the cannabinoids out of it, which is like the compounds inside of the plant. Then with isolated, so with full spectrum, they take those cannabinoids they have, that has CBD, that has THC, that has Delta 9, all that, and they put it into an oil and mix it, and that's what you took. They don't refine it further. They just leave all the cannabinoids in. That's full gotcha. spectrum. Gotcha. Then you can take it a step further to isolated CBD, which is where they use, using alcohol extraction, they isolate just the CBD compound. Nothing else is supposed to come with it, all the way down to a pure granular um, powder. And then they mix that powder with MCT oil or coconut oil, which is the, what cuts it. it. It can't be dissolved into water, so it has to be an oil. Um, and that's where you get 99.9% .9 isolated CBD, if you guys have ever heard that. 99.9% .9 is when people are like, well, why isn't 100%? It's because that refinement might not take everything out. Now, this is going to be a lot more clean than what you took in terms of THC testing. So if someone were to come to me and say, I don't want to test THC high, I would say this is your number one thing right here. Because it, I think on our test, it's non-detected THC at all, so which means it's under 0.0000, like 1% um, of THC. With that being said, like I said, I don't tell anyone you might, you won't get, you know, it won't come up sure. on a test because there is that 0. 0.00001. Right, um, sure. No. And everybody's body works yeah, differently. Different. Right, and it depends on what test well, you get, too. You could well, take a Well, it's, it's very hard to saturate your body for a your organ to expel things out of your body. Mm -hmm. So uh, the whole time you're absorbing, your body's also extracting what's in there out of the same pores. So it's very difficult to do that. Right, so with, okay. with, with the CBD, with isolated CBD, that is as accurate to what you were asking for as you can possibly get. Okay. I have yet... So I've been in, this is what I started selling last year in August, and I have yet to have a customer come back and say anything, no, no negative tests or anything. I got this specifically, I didn't get full spectrum, because full spectrum is what I was really looking at, um, because you do kind of get that a little bit more of an effect from it. Um, but I got this specifically because I live in Indiana and I knew there were people that were CDL drivers. I knew there was people who right. wanted this relief and I wanted to give it them their best shot, you know, right. at not getting in trouble. And so far, like I said, we haven't had anyone come back with a negative. Cool. So can I see that? Can I yeah, see yeah. I'm passing <clears throat> and then as you kind of as you're getting on that. So um, I know you mentioned that one of the things that first interested you was your anxiety yeah. and, and the effect that it helped with your anxiety. So, I mean, I've, I've looked up different stuff and, you know, depending on which website you're looking at, this, there's supposed to be relief for everything from anxiety to aches and pains to multiple sclerosis to um, Alzheimer's to... You know, mm -hmm. so for you, as 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 you're marketing this, what do you see as the top five or six things that you're comfortable to say that uh, that this product uh, is helping people with? Definitely, yeah. My number one is anxiety because it works for me and myself. Um, so usually I start with anxiety. Um, if somebody comes to me saying they have it, I'm like, not great, but great because I have something that I think that can work for me for you. Um, anxiety. Another one is muscle stiffness, so the ability to actually, your bodily function, improved bodily function in terms of like if you have stiffness, arthritis, something holding up the ability to move your body. Um, and then sleeplessness. Those are my three main ones. I know, like you said, a lot of people can go down a road um, where they're just saying it, it can cure anything, you know, like 
I've heard so many different things, but um, the FDA goes against that. Like I said, research comes first. I always use research to back up what I say. So if someone comes to my uh, my store or my my stand and asks about arthritis, I give them my research, my knowledge, but then I always make sure I back it up with research that is used online. So I, I, I went on the Arthritis Foundation, found the polls that they did. They actually did a poll um, over their constituents, so people with arthritis, and I believe, I don't have the paper on me, but I always pull it out for them to read, and usually they take it home with them too. I gotta print more. But um, I think it was 87% of people that use CBD with arthritis use it for pain. Um, I think three-fourths said that it helps with their sleep. Um, 67% said it helped their bodily function um, and their ability to move. So I use, um, you know, data and evidence that is already out there. And then I go with, if it's anxiety, I go with my anecdotal evidence as well. But <clears throat> I try to use research. I try to use stuff that's been proven um, scientifically. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, I'm too old. I can't read the bottle. Sorry. So the, the question, okay, so you've, you've got some great examples of what you have a history of uh, it correcting. I have a sleeping disorder. I've had it all my life. I don't sleep. Okay. And this is something you talk about anxiety. It helps you wind down and sleep. Mm-hmm. So this looking at this right here, right? This is the material. Yes, sir. How do you, how do you take this? All right. Well, I can uh, do a demonstration okay. <laughs> right here. Yeah. So I'm looking at this bottle, going, okay. How do you take this? <clears throat> so do like, you mix it, or okay? I want the I want the the uh, listeners to understand exactly. It's in a brown bottle with a squeezer top, right? Iodine yep. squeezer top. Yep. Okay. So it's childproof. Oh. Showing your age, iodine, iodine. squeezer. So he doesn't even know what hey, that is. People will know exactly what that is, right? No, you don't, you don't. Our, our age, our generation. It's an eye dropper. It's an eye dropper. I call this the the dropper. Um, okay. But you pull the dropper out, and it has um, it has milligrams listed on it. So it's labeled with. So you go up to 25 milligrams. There's a line. 50 milliliters. My bad. Uh, there's a line, um, 70, 0.75 and then one. So one is a full dosage for the day. So what I recommend people do is, you know, you just take it, you fill it up. Um, I'm not going to take some right now. Um, but you, what you do is you take it and fill it up halfway in the morning, what I t- tell people to do, and use half in the morning. You put it underneath your tongue and you hold it there for a minute or longer. Um, it's very important to hold it underneath of your tongue for that amount of time because the way that it works is when that oil goes under your tongue, it breaks down in your saliva and goes into your bloodstream. The longer you hold it there, the more of that is going to break down in your saliva and less of it. So if you were to just take it and swallow it, it'd have to go through your entire sure. internal digestion tract, which would dilute it extremely. So taste-wise. Um, the taste of it, when you yeah. take it, it, for the natural flavor, it's just not, like, you don't taste it. Okay. It's just kind of taste It's a bland, just no taste yeah, at all. Yeah. I've used it. Yeah, there's no, there's no bad taste, good taste. Okay. It's just, it's there, and you just kind of wait. Like mineral, right? Just sort of, yeah. Like, okay. So, so what I'll say, you know, I've got some, not your brand, but mm-hmm. you know, I bought some. You know, shame on you. Shame on you, Alan. <laughs> for a new game. Well, you, you're gonna get so, a sale out no, of this. No, you are because <laughs> yeah. here's the difference. The stuff I've got upstairs, yes, it's just got a dropper. That's Says, measured. This one's measured. measured. That's I mean, awesome. th- th- okay. this is the. Di- for our listeners, to Do me, this things. is the difference between the fly-by-night companies and a guy that's serious about what's going on. Yes. You got a 23-year-old yep. entrepreneur here yep. that wants to make sure he's getting the correct product out to everybody. Um, and the application is right for you. It's exactly. A, it, you can measure exactly. your application. That's a huge. It's now, a, can you, on the application, so say I 
when I first did it, the guy was like, oh, I'll try this and try this. So, should do you always tell people start with the full or do you, does everybody need that? Or maybe they should start with a quarter and a quarter, a quarter morning, quarter night, or to yeah. see if it works or, or start at the top and work your way out yeah. to see. So the cool thing about this, like, like Alan mentioned is it does have a measure on it. Um, one full, um, dosage of this dropper so one full dropper is a daily dose which is 32 milligrams of cbd um science science that i've read has said that going over 40 milligrams in a day does you nothing so 40 is the threshold of the body anyway so i tell people to take what the daily recommended dose is um if there's someone who is very weary about it you know i can just tell from the person's voice like they might be weary about the product i tell them start small and work your way up so you can start even smaller um, but I want it to work. I want them to take it and it be able to work for what they're, they're uh, there for. Right. Um, so I always usually recommend, you know, take half a dosage in the morning when you wake up, half a dosage before you go to bed. If it's a bigger person, um, then maybe a little bit more. And then I tell them they can go up if they want. Um, but that's the average recommended dose. So, so is, what else is mixed with the CBD oil? So the it's that granular CBD compound um, isolated mixed with this one is an MCT oil, um, which is kind of like it's like just like a cutter oil, like a coconut right. oil. Right. Um, I think the, what I had had sunflower oil or coconut yeah. oil, refined right. plain oil. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, so that's just a cut. That's just yeah, a cut. The, yeah. the cut to get yeah. it to, to where it needs to be. And it doesn't taste like coconut, like. People no. are like, oh, I hate coconut. It doesn't. You don't no, have a coconut taste. Okay, so now this is one product. So how many different products of the the uh, dropper types do you offer? I have okay. two. Um, I have two this one. Okay. I have the natural, which is 500 milligrams, and then I have mint, okay. which is 500 milligrams. And mint is exactly what you would think it was. It just okay. kind of leaves a minty fresh okay. feeling in your mouth. So. It's like okay. having scope mouthwash. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, the smokables, which I don't smoke, but people right. who do smoke could be helpful for them, right? But, right, right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. the smokables. And then I also have um, some salve um, and then bath bombs as well. So Okay. So the bath bombs, they, they put them in your bathtub? Yep, just put it in the bathtub. Like My wife just or? raised her hand. I was yes, say. ma'am. <laughs> Oh, all the heads turned. All she, the heads that turned. That entire over. table. You could take table a, sixteen tonight, just so everybody knows. Table sixteen. They could take a, take a trip, not even leave the tub. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I Rub have to tell you, I've been, I've been waiting for this because I'm I'm as ignorant as it comes on this stuff, and, uh, and the reason why is, is you know it's always the uh, you know the behind thought of what taboo. Well, yeah. it's the you know. Yeah. Uh, Smoke some dope, Louis. Right, remember mm, that. Yeah. Right, uh, it's that kind of thing. It's right. It's a taboo thing. It's, it's there's unsafe man. There's, open up. Yeah. <laughs> I got there's the some stuff. unsecured information about it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and 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 I represent a lot of employees that have to take pop urine tests. So, so and this is one of those things where I don't know enough about it, but also hear enough from people that I know personally that take this and and, and it helps them. And I, I really believe from what I hear and what I've seen that it would help me, but I have been afraid to do that. And uh, but knowing that the topic, I probably look at some topical issues here. But um, I, I'm ex, I'm I'm excited for you. One, uh, and I want to speak if you guys don't mind, but your age, okay, mm-hmm. for to be 23 years old to go out and do what you've done and taking the knowledge that you got from school and taking the industry where you are at the root cause. All right. You didn't just go out there and say, I'm going to take something off the shelf. I'm going to sell it. You're actually growing this product. 
okay? And if you'll know, and you got people that are entrepreneurs here that know their product, and trust me, I come from a deep breath of knowing a product, okay? If you know your product, then you can explain your product. And right. when you can explain your product, people will take trust in you, mm. okay? And if you if they don't trust you, they will not, take, they will not buy your product. Mm. I think that is your biggest driver for you. Right now, I, I'm talking to the guy that actually grows a product, that understands it, that has to understand the science of it, and you're developing the product yourself. That is huge, okay? It makes me feel confident for what I'm, what I'm talking to you about and gives me the ability to pick up the phone and call and go, hey, I need to know this, and you could be that person that can answer those questions. Mm-hmm. When and he's I rich and famous, correct. will he remember us, though? Yeah, please impressive. remember Well, I hope so. I mean, we're obviously not, we're not faces for uh, top sale, but, That's why we do an audio podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with you, Ruben, and okay. I think, you know... Um, Pretty cool local boy, you know. Grew up out here in farm country like like the rest of us did. Yeah, and just really driving a, a whole new industry. And uh, um, I'm just so impressed. Um, and and most importantly, you're from Franklin County. Mm. Yes, that's the 24. Uh, that's the 24. He probably doesn't know. So the name crossed the line, 1524. So mm-hmm. crossed the line. That's pretty simple, you know. We go back and forth, but we don't cross the line. But 1524, so the nomenclature in Franklin County for license plates is 24. 24. Okay. Dwayne and I grew up in Dearborn County, and that nomenclature was 15. 15 the best so one. That's how we came up with 15. So you ended up on the right side of the line. Right. Just saying. Oh, right. gosh. Yeah. 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 We do dope over here, so, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, so <laughs> successfully, yes, successfully, so, uh, good stuff. legally. So before we I jump, didn't, I didn't hear that in the beard of bourbon uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So before we jump too too far down the fun line, um, so what we've talked a little bit about some of the challenges you you've you've seen, but what's you know for a young guy get again getting into uh, this entrepreneurial, you know, you've got some middle-aged guys here who have all had or are in their own entrepreneurial uh, stuff. You know, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a sideline thing, and, and Dwayne certainly has, has been, you know, he's been in his own business for a long, long time. Um, Alan dabbles around in it. Ruben certainly operating in business for a long time. So what's been, you know, Young guy, what's been the biggest surprise for you? What the, the thing that you just never expected would be a challenge? Hmm. We've got talking on mic. Right. Talking on talking the mic. Talking on a mic. That's that's the biggest <laughs> that's a good question. That's a question. Um, the biggest challenge so far is how it's all. It's been different over this past year. It's changed over time. There's been times where I didn't feel like I was being taken seriously. Like I was kind of yeah. like the. Uh, the little guy or where's your boss yeah yeah where's the yeah. boss Where, yeah nobody I, nobody's directing yeah. you you're you're right. the man right well wait, i can wait you just had that conversation with us remember two weeks ago Dwayne started his business a young guy like yourself yeah i was about that same age, conversation wasn't much, okay wasn't much older yeah. than you so i just kind of felt like a peewee a little bit you know just not being taken seriously so right. something that helped me with that though is um, my grandpa, he's super supportive. Love this man. Um, he he would come to me to to my to the sale barn to the different markets I go to, and he would sit with me there. Um, and and my father, he would do this as well. He would sit with me and 
kind of just be like that presence behind, you know? So if people saw me under the tent, um, and then they saw, you know, more of an adult, they thought, okay, you know. Well, this is serious. Yeah, this it's is real. more serious, you know? Yeah, it's a good um, point. And there was a lot of times where I'd be talking to somebody about this product, and then they'd look at my grandpa or my dad and be like, you take this? Is this, is this what you do it's too? and stuff? They're like, no, this is his, you know, this is his company and stuff. Right. So, yeah, that was kind of a struggle um, in the beginning. And then... It'll be for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. I said a few minutes ago, and agree with me or not, you have to know your product, mm-hmm. okay? You're in a market that's brand new. It's busting wide open. There are so many variables and misunderstandings with this product. You have got to know your product. Mm-hmm. And the more you educate yourself in the product, the more stable you're going to be. And you will be the driver behind it. You can't be standing at 23 years old and not know what you're talking about, right? Because people will rewrite through you. You have proven to four guys there tonight that you do know what you're talking about. You do. You're still learning, and you admit that you're learning. But I'm, I'm anxious to see where the driving force is going to take you. And, and no matter what, no matter what, it's okay to fail. Okay? You're going to take steps that's going to knock you down. Get back up. Don't be afraid to push it. Definitely, yeah, absolutely. Definitely a lot more to learn. Every day I'm learning something new about good, this. Good, good. Um, and that's another challenge is with all the, uh, the regulations and stuff. It changes yes. b- by yeah. the day, by the day. It does. So Welcome, welcome to being in business. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It yes. changes for all of us daily. Interestingly <laughs> enough, um, so when Indiana, when United States legalized it, when Trump signed it in 2018, he it took hemp off of the Schedule One um, drug substance list. Right. Um, when that happened, that's hemp, it's seed, and all the derivatives. But the states still had their own interpretation on every right. state has right. their own interpretation on this. Yes. So Indiana, right off the bat, almost right off the bat, took them a little while, but they decided, you know, this product. Is fine, but the smokable hemp side is not fine. Right. So we're going to ban that. And they actually banned that, um, I believe it was in 2018. And then luckily for us, um, we had a really, really good lobbyist and a really good, um, the Midwest Hemp Council got um, a lawyer who challenged that, challenged Indiana, um, and got an injunction on that ban. So he took that and made it legal again. So it was legal. Well, just recently, the state um, challenged that in the District 7 court or something like that up in Chicago. And they said it, was ba- it wasn't based off the merit of the case. It was based off a of technicality. Uh, I think it was one of like uh, Clinton's appointees back in the day. He said, since you didn't, the injunction wasn't like signed on a separate piece of paper. So it's, <laughs> it's not enforceable. So hemp is banned again. And that was supposed to take, smokable hemp was banned again. And that just ripped me up because that's what I'm growing for. That money right. went in someone else's pocket. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what that that's was, about right there. That's the tobacco lobby probably. Yes, right. right. Yeah, so basically everything that I was working towards um, for smokable hemp all well, just went down the drain as soon as I found that out that was two weeks ago it was supposed to be banned smokable hemp on the 29th so on Wednesday it was supposed to be illegal like this would have been illegal luckily for us we got a rehearing um, it has the date hasn't been set yet for it but as soon as the rehearing went into limbo um this became in limbo as well, so this is legal now. Until that for, re- for now, until that rehearing happens, right. um, we don't know when that could be. That could be tomorrow. That could be next. That could be January. Who knows? Um, but luckily for us, the rehearing is happening in the court where our lawyer got the injunction with the same court system. So I'm hoping for the best on that. Um, but like I said, that's a challenge. You know, every so yeah. once in a so, while. Just, 
So, no. I mean, I was going to say, <laughs> right, back to the podcast. The, I was going to say, if the smokable is illegal, at least we're in a speakeasy. Yeah. yeah so, hey, I do have right. a question for you. Which, which, which is kind of funny. Just, just real quick. Yeah, go ahead. You know what a speakeasy is? No. Okay. <laughs> we might want to explain okay. that to the we'll young We'll educate so, you that later. Yeah, yeah. No, no, we'll tell him now. So back when prohibition was in effect, you can't couldn't buy alcohol. Mm-hmm. So little places would be basements, ma- basements of people's houses, whatever, would become. Back rooms upstairs. Back rooms upstairs. You so had to know this, the this bar top came from a speakeasy in Harrison, wow. Ohio. So what that was, it was a place that was quietly. Locked. Locked and it was a bar. You needed to know uh, the code to get in, or a knock, or a special or password. password. Yep. So that's why I told you you had to look for the pink flamingos because that's <laughs> okay. where the speakeasy is. Yeah, so that's exactly it. So. That's uh, that's kind of a, it's kind of a lore for us because the bar yeah. came from a speakeasy. Bar top came from a speakeasy, and we are the rusted nail speakeasy. So that's so, super. There's cool. your history lesson. That's for super. I had, I had one last. So business, you learned something one else last, today. Uh, business yeah. question. Well, we got to get back to are you? I, the last business question for you. You talked about you go to the flea market, right? Mm-hmm. And then you sell online mm-hmm. and word of mouth, right? Which is huge. These guys know word of mouth like crazy, right? It's huge. What is what is your route to market? What do you have a do you have a a pers, a a projective for route to market for your product? Yeah. So my preferred route to market is talking to people. I love like okay. like just person to person, you know. But that's not ideal for a business because you're not going to get as many sales. Well, it's ideal for your base. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Right. Um. But to answer your question, a more broad term is um. Right now, we're working with doing S- SEO, okay. marketing online. Okay. Um, so we're just we're just trying some different stuff. Um, okay. But but mostly so far, it's just been in person, just going out there. That word of mouth um, okay. is powerful, and it works. So okay. that's what. Okay, that's. I just wondered. I mean, because you've been in it a year now, and you said yeah. you're roughly. Yeah. And if you had a uh, what I would call a perspective of where you see yourself going to route the market, you know, Alan it's, and I. Yeah, yeah. So that was one of my questions well, okay. as well. So <laughs> well, you I know have, what your marketing strategy was. So, right. Okay. But you know, I'm big into marketing as yes. well. So. Yeah. And it's amazing. In this day, things have changed over the last. Yeah. So you know, internet over the mm, last six months. Yeah. So internet, right? You know, whether it's via social media Mm -hmm. or internet or ads. I mean, that's and especially, uh, I think, for your market is where it's at. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So I'm uh, distributor. I'll share all my tricks of the trade with you, but I, I really think that's where it's at for for your. For your products, your industry, uh, and when we're done with our interview, we'll get all the information so our uh, listeners can get in touch with you and mm. get it as well. But it, it is amazing. So I'll talk this about this podcast for a moment. So not only are we in the, in this country, we have forty of the fifty states listening, but we're in eight other countries right now, and that's all internet-based marketing. Yeah, it's amazing. We picked up. Australia, who we didn't have until today, wow. and we have 24 new listeners in Australia as of today. So it's amazing. You get the, your product out there, and if you're in Australia listening, I'm not sure what the laws about hemp there are. <laughs> yeah, but but, uh, but you can ask the questions. Though. Yeah, Please yeah. Do. So um, it, it is amazing uh, what you can do with internet base. So um, I just yeah. you know. That that's one of the avenues. I just I'm gonna say, hey, you need to check out. It's great to be at 
uh, you know, word of mouth's great to get your base going. And that's, you know, I'll talk to Sugar Shack a little bit. That's how the Sugar Shack started. It went from that to, you know, big dollars in sales and jerky just yes. just exploded. Right. Um, and I'm not, I will talk about that in a further podcast, but I'm like, the Sugar Shack's expanding real big. Uh, and all that, I mean, all of it was based on internet marketing, right. mm-hmm. every bit of right. it. So, Facebook right now. Um, so I do have a Facebook. I like to interact with people on there. Um, I just started Top Sell Him TV, um, which is kind of like a little vlog that I want to do. Um, right. let, me, you know. let me do my Top Sell Hemp TV impression of Gage. Are you ready for this? Oh boy. Oh Nobody gosh. else can see this. This is Gage Pace. Yeah. From Top Sale Him. <laughs> that's pretty good. I saw it. I saw it. That's pretty good, Al. Yeah. I was dead on. Was yeah, dead. it was good. Um, I haven't seen it, so I have to look. So, yeah, I just started that up. That's just kind of something that I like to do so I can interact with the people that I don't see um, personally and get new followers as well. Um, and it, Top Sale Him TV is basically just a vlog where I'm going to go over. Hopefully, people ask questions on there. Um, but I'm just going to go over from everything to how the plant grows to what CB can do. And it's kind of like what you were saying earlier, better educational function to get out to people. Um, and then I have an Instagram, um, a LinkedIn. I have a, a, you have a logo. I have a logo, yeah. I have an, Which I think an is awesome. awesome logo that my friend designed. We have uh, T-shirts and stuff, too. Great. Um, and, yeah, so that's just kind of how I'm getting it out now. Facebook marketing is very tough for CBD products and because... I don't know. I guess they're anti-hemp and yeah, CBD. Yeah, so yeah. Facebook they're not the one ads, turn a dollar. So. Yeah, I can't yeah. boost any of my posts. I can't use any Facebook ads yet. Um, it's because some tobacco lobbies paying them off. So. Yeah. No, it's because of, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we'll leave guidelines. guidelines. But, you know, here's the thing is, is it, that's why we talk about, you know, you know your people, right? Mm-hmm. Know, or know your product, know your people, know your market. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's that's where it's going to come to because it's no different than – let me tell you one thing about and you know restaurant restaurant business. If you have a private restaurant and you have people that go to that restaurant all the time – Jeff, we use an example, right? All right, so Jeff goes into a restaurant. He goes to, you know, third, let's say third place in Brookville. That's a good one. Yeah. Jeff walks in there, and the person that owns third place goes, Hey, how you doing, Jeff? Robin, how are you doing? It's the idea of being recognized for who you are and where you're at, right? People go to places because they can recognize who is responsible for the final product, mm. okay? It's no different than what they're doing there. When people can summon it and touch your base and know that you're the person that's responsible for their product, they will see that as a powerful tool, and you should too. And being as small like you are now building your business, that's what people are going to drive on. They're going to drive on that. I don't care what any who you are, what pay stature you are, what kind of financial results you are. When you walk into a place, a bar, a restaurant, or a business, and they go, Hey, Jerry, how's it going? You like that. Mm-hmm. Right? And the reason why you like that is because you know that person knows what you want. Right? And that's that's important. It's important to everybody. I know, regardless of what anybody's going to tell you, he'll know it's important. I know it's important. So Yeah, so we're done giving you advice because you're the expert here on him. Right? Absolutely. So we just want to so, I love it. I mean, we're here to... We love the fact that you're local, awesome. that you've embraced, you know, something that's just that's awesome. been approved by, you know, just a year or so ago. So it's, it's an awesome, and now awesome. A, and now approved by Cross the Line. Now approved by Cross the Line. As long as we 15, don't cross the THC total limit line, that's all. Right. Yeah. Well, listen, it's okay to cross the line as long as you're not afraid to go 
back. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just remember that. So you can cross the line as long as you go back. Right? And you're on the wrong side of the line to start with. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so does anybody else have any more questions for Gage? Well, I just wanted to say. Well, first of all, I assume you got a website, all right? Yep. So we'll, we'll, I'm sure Alan will take care of that. On, uh, on yeah, the, we'll do. Afterwards. Well, actually, we'll we'll still do yeah, it here. We'll make we'll sure out. we'll make sure uh, you get the, we get that information out there. And um, so, I guess my my last thing is when you look down the road. I mean, what do you what do you see? What is what does Top Sale Hemp need to succeed? Um, that's a great question. What do we need to succeed? Well, number one, we got to start with educating the people step by step. Um, getting great, making, growing great products, um, growing my hemp to the best of my ability, um, and just getting it out to the people, I guess, is what I need. <laughs> I and get that regulation up to one. Yeah, yeah, get that regulation <laughs> up. But what I really need to succeed is just to keep keep going forward the way I'm going, meeting new people, um, opening hoping that doors stay open and meeting new people and just making connections um, and that's a successful for me as long as I'm out there meeting new people helping people um, and putting out the stuff that I grew that's success well I hope I hope your visit here helps yeah. your business um, certainly I think you got four four guys here that are going to be advocates for you in fact and, you uh, you know this this guy right here may have an avenue for you to yeah a new uh, new marketing in uh, St. Leon area so you might good. have a location for you to pick it up absolutely that's there great you go. So, that's great and, and we'll definitely you know part part of what we wanted to do is get your name out there get your company name out there so what's your website address it is topsalehemp.com well that's pretty simple yep, yep. topsalehemp.com keep it simple so if you want to know about hemp everything there is to know visit www.topsalehemp.com. So has anybody got anything else for Gage? No, I just want to thank you for being here. Uh, it's extremely inspirational to guys in their 50s about a guy like yourself doing what you're doing. Uh, it's taking a leap at 30, at 23 years old is huge. Thank you. And uh, I support you, and I know these guys looking at them all support you. Thank you. And, um, and I, I wish you all the luck in the world. And, and if any way, at any time that you could – uh, you need some help or we can bounce anything off you please let us know uh, you know we're always here to help and we're always here uh, some of it's good some of it's bad some of it's just talk right uh, but uh, you're uh, thank you for coming it was inspiring to me thank you guys very much for having me this was a lot of fun my first podcast ever good and uh, I'd love to come back sometime so right. actually uh, it's on my list so <laughs> your harvest is in October November yeah so I love to have you back here after your harvest is done to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So we'll keep in touch and make that happen. Definitely. Fantastic. Awesome. So for Cross the Line 1524, we've got Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, Gage Pace, Gage Pace. and Alan Stanger. And uh, we're going to get loosened up here a little bit now. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Take care. Another hour. Oh, so we thought we were done here at Cross the Line 1524. Uh, but earlier in the evening, uh, we put out on the internet, hey, if you got any questions about CBD and all that good kind of stuff, uh, ask us a question. So our good buddy Jim had a question. Yeah, Jim, you had the question. Dwayne, what was the question? Well, the question from Jim, and he did it to me privately because I think he was a little embarrassed and we don't know why, but his question was, does CBD oil help you sexually? It takes you to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. And, and uh, that's all we got to say. That's about all we that. need to say. You don't need to say anything else. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Across the line. <laughs>
1524. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're cruising down a road, not a care in the world. Then all of a sudden, what is that sound? That's coming from my car? You know what you better do? You better go see our friends at Hoosier Foreign Auto Service. They'll take care of you. Give them a call. They're located in St. Leon, Indiana. 812-576-2181. And get that sound fixed. So when you're driving down the road, sounds more like this. Once again, go see our friends over at Hoosier Foreign Auto Service. You can find them on Facebook or give them a shout. 812-576-2181. And get that cowbell fixed. Because not everyone needs more cowbell. Oh, I tell you what. We had a blast with Gage Pace from Top Sale Hemp. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, it was really a learning experience, an eye-opening experience about hemp and hemp products. Uh, and great to see a young gentleman uh, straight out of college grabbing the bull by the horn, so to speak, with a new industry. Um, if you have any questions about hemp, Gage's website is topsalehemp.com. Uh, and he also has a Facebook page, Top Sale Hemp. Once again, uh, if you have topics or suggestions for us, drop us a line on our website at crossthelinefifteentwenty-four.com. Um, we're now on iHeartRadio as well as every podcast app that's out there. So we're, we're we're getting out there to everybody. We enjoy this as much as you guys do listening. Uh, we appreciate all the listeners out there. For Ruben Hunt, Dwayne Bischoff, and Jeff Montag. I'm Alan Stanger, and you've been listening to Cross the Line, 1524.